He was notorious for this. He was immaculately mm-hmm. skilled at this technique. He flunged he's on everybody. He's flunged on me dozens of times in the course of my life. Take this clip out we of context fencing. for people who don't know what flunged means. I'm begging you. <laughs> clip this as the cold open. Immaculate like, oh, I've got to listen to this. <laughs> Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast. I'm Blue, and I'm joined by Red. Sup? I've been watching a lot of Batman recently. How has that been? It's been a while since I've watched Batman the Animated Series. It's also been a while since I watched Batman Beyond and Justice League, but they're all good. How's, <laughs> yes. uh, how, how's that been? <laughs> it's good. It's interesting. The first time I watched through it, actually the first time I watched through it, I had it as background noise when I was doing my first ever animation project, so I absorbed none of it, uh, and I also missed a lot of plot twists about characters secretly being in disguise because I was just hearing the voices and there was I believe an episode of a crossover where I was two-thirds of the way through the episode before I realized that it was supposed to be a surprise that the bad guy was Brainiac because he had his extremely distinctive Brainiac voice the whole time watching it with the pictures going is actually makes a lot more sense <laughs> shockingly yeah. um any favorite fun. episodes so far I mean you know all the classics baby doll still really hits uh oh, yeah mad love we haven't gotten to that one yet but oh Always, always a banger. Um, Harlequinade? No, which one was it? Uh, there's one where Harley Quinn tries to eat, like, reform and has a really bad day and goes right back to Arkham. Oh. Uh, but, like, Batman, like, gives her, like, she went to buy a pretty dress, but she kind of, she, like, paid for it and grabbed it before they took the security tag off. And it all just goes downhill from there. But then at the end of the episode, he, like, gives her the dress. And he's like, I had a bad day once, too. And she's like, nice guys, like, you shouldn't have bad days. And I was like, so it's very sweet it's a good show it's like even the bad episodes are good anyway that's what i've been doing (laughs) yeah um yeah no it's it's been a it's been a fun pretty chill week so far uh but we had a couple pretty fun videos go out we had some fun videos yeah um we had a trope talk on magical other worlds and then a history video on the acropolis i almost titled it the parthenon but then i realized that i just had a video on the Pantheon, mm. and people would inevitably get confused. So I'm like, you know what? History summarized the Acropolis. <laughs> yep, yeah, the Acropolis, where the Parthenon is. Where, uh, of told. course, I, I put it in, I put that line, it, the only, like, thing in the description that explains the part of the video before I, like, list sources and stuff, is they say of the Acropolis where the Parthenon is, and people are like, I'm surprised Blue didn't make a QI joke, but a lot of people <laughs> were just, like, were parroting the line in, in the comments, so to any of you who commented, you know, they say of the Acropolis of the Parthenon is, what do they say, what do they say? Of the yeah. Acropolis. Um, you got it. Uh, know that uh, you, you were seen, uh, and I appreciate <laughs> you, because though I did not put that joke in the video, it would have derailed the whole thing. Yes. Um, absolute iconic bit uh, of that show where Stephen Fry is trying to just read out a question and cannot, but just it was fun. I, yeah. I really liked that video, because, I mean, my, my, my first video on the channel was about Athens, and I feel like this is a cool way to kind of revisit that but from a very different angle um actually talking about like the mechanics of of how and why this thing was actually built and what yeah. it means and what's actually there because it's like oh yes the the parthenon it's it's the big temple that's a bunch of rocks now and it's like okay but like what was it actually like <laughs> why is it important why should i give a shit <laughs> yeah before they kept storing gunpowder in it <laughs> yeah what could yeah. possibly go wrong and of course my my tragic backstory of being bored on trips to, to athens <laughs> resonated really uh, uh really strongly with the audience both both baby blue and older emo blue uh, shout out some to the are... uh, reddit people who were yeah. photoshopping uh angry blue in front of yeah. major historical events <laughs> unimpressed blue in the fall of rome unimpressed blue during the capture of constantinople unimpressed blue with the burning of the library of Alexandria. I'm like, Look, I don't care. Anything is frustrating if you're like 10 years old on a family trip and you have no control over where you're going in the day. It doesn't matter what wonders of the world you're seeing. You want to go home and have a juice box. It's how it works. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, people twigging onto the fact that me attempting to replicate that face 10 years later is just like it's just a Kylo Ren face, essentially. I'm just, I'm just playing like Pattinson's Batman at that point. Yeah. That, okay, <laughs> Ky- Kylo Ren and Pattinson's Batman are two very different expression comparisons. <laughs> I was getting pictures comparing me to both, so. Kylo, Kylo Ren looks like he's about to cry all the time. It's not at all the same thing. You were pulling prequel, like, uh, what is it, Revenge of the Sith, oh, yeah, Anakin, Anakin, and everybody knows it. Yeah, everyone yeah, knows fair. it. But... If only my eyes were orange, then it would really have sold the most. Kylo Ren. <laughs> Jeez, I don't think people realize how much that comparison smarts. Kylo Ren weighs 20 pounds sopping wet. (laughs) 
Well, I heard that Kylo Ren had an eight pack, so. <laughs> Kylo Ren was shredded. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yes. it, it was a fun video. I, I enjoyed it, talking about the um, the the later uh, history as well, beyond the classical period. And some people were like, so are they going to, like, fix it? And the answer is <laughs> largely no, um, because when you're when you're putting up columns that have been toppled down, you've got most of the material there. Like, if you go to the Parthenon, you'll see, like, you know, uh, a quarter to a third of the material in a given column looks, like, brighter and cleaner than the rest mm-hmm. of it because that is newly quarried marble from, I think, also Mount Pentelicos, the same mountain where the original marble was quarried from. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, like, they kind of smooshed some some pieces together to, to make it work and stand some of the columns up with, like help from from new material but building the interior structure and putting a roof on it is out of the question because you get to like weight distribution and it's like sure those columns can support themselves but can they also support a roof i don't want to roll those dice um and with things like building the interior cella of the the structure like all of those stones were blown up by the Venetians and then reused in other buildings. So, like, all that's gone. So uh, I think there's some more restoration work that's still going to be done, but it's it's not going to be a full one-to-one because they tried to do some of that in the early 1800s, but they put these huge, like, like metal, like, lead clamps into the marbles to kind of hold them together, and then it rained, mm-hmm. and the clamps rusted out. And it cracked the marble. Uh, so they had to do a second round of restorations to actually make it work. But I, I had a good time. It was a fun video. I got to talk about the Byzantine portion of Athenian history, which is uh, often forgotten, but still super cool when it had a dome. Yeah. I think that, you know, it's easy to forget, but when a building has fallen over, it is a lot harder to put it back up again and a lot easier for it to fall over a second time. So yeah. it would probably genuinely be easier and safer to just build a second Parthenon somewhere else. Which is what they did in Nashville. Uh, some yeah. of the pictures I was using was of the the National Parthenon um, down in Nashville, Tennessee, which I have not had the pleasure of seeing in person, but it yeah. does look really nice. I used a There's photo also, of it, too, um, in, the, uh, in the video about the founding of Athens, because it's got, it has a reconstruction of the statue yeah. of Athena with the snake behind the shield representing. The yeah, exactly. Yeah. So And a ridiculous shade of red lipstick. I, yeah. like, I know statues were painted, but the lipstick is like... Like, that seems odd to me and she, too much. She'd look, like, not out of place in the 80s Wonder Woman live-action <laughs> show, and that's not a great sign for the makeup yeah. department. But anyway. there's also, in terms of, like, other reconstructions of the Parthenon, there are a few. There's one half-done one in Edinburgh, um, the Edinburgh, like, National Monument or something, sometimes called Scotland's Folly um, or Edinburgh's Folly. But there's also one that I will hopefully someday eventually see uh, is Walhalla in uh, southern Germany in Bavaria. Mad King Ludwig II, who's also famous for building Neuschwanstein Castle, which is like the famous fairy tale castle in Germany. He built like a scale model of the Parthenon to store like statues of like famous heroes from German history. So, you know, it's like Valhalla, Valhalla. And it's really, really cool. So I want to, I want to see that eventually. But yeah, no, I, I had a good time. It's, it's fun being able to do these architecture videos because it, it works as a lens to look at not just, you know, a moment in history, but also to understand how places change over time. Because if I do a video on classical Athens, sure, I'll talk about the Parthenon, but then like it ends and the story's like, and then... Some other nonsense happened, and eventually it fell over. But being able to like look through the perspective of a building, we did this with the Pantheon, we did this with the Colosseum, to look at how purposes of places change over time is is cool. It it shows that the history of these you know ancient civilizations um, beyond just Greece and Rome, I'll do more of them eventually. Uh, that it's not just the same story all the way through. It it's it's there's a rich history of use and reuse and recontextualizing from a pagan temple to a Byzantine Orthodox basilica to a Catholic cathedral to a mosque to a smaller mosque because the original one was blown up. It's neat. I think it's neat. It you is. see how, how societies change and evolve and new people come in and bring in new ideas and uh, they have a good time. It's I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a very interesting building. It's uh, like you said, you know, every like sequential group of people that occupied Athens, they all did something different with the building. And that's just such a, you know, there are a lot of buildings that just kind of, you know, they exist, they get forgotten about, they fall over, they eventually get covered in dirt and then dug up 2000 years later. You know, it happens, but like some buildings you kind of can't ignore. And and the, the, the Parthenon is also a case where it is actually sort of repurposable. It's like, you know, the great pyramids ain't going anywhere, but you can't exactly use them for other things. (laughs) 
you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> two bed, two bath, 20 tomb. <laughs> <laughs> Decent view, but only from the outside. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. No, yeah, it was a good video. It was a lot of fun to cover. I feel like what they could do with the Parthenon, like, because obviously you can't, like, stick it back together, but it could kind of, they could do, like, what they do when they find dinosaur skeletons, and, of course, they're, like, busted up and squished. Like, uh, the, the famous T-Rex Sue, like, her whole skull was, like, basically flat when they found it, and you can see the original skull that's still very flat, but, like, the version they have is, you know, they... they they stick them together, they reconstruct them with other materials, and then they put those on display because it's a lot more. And I feel like you could do that with the Parthenon. It's like, here's the pile of marble that is the original Parthenon. We took a couple chips of marble from the things, and we put them in the <laughs> plaster recreation over here, which is yeah. much more safe. There is actually one famous building, uh, then we can switch to the next video, but there's one yeah. famous building down the hill uh, in the in the Agora, um, the old market. There was a stoa, um, a sort of covered walkway. That's basically, if you take a temple and just, like, stretch it out, like, to five times the length um and also double double decker colonnade which is its own thing but a famous stoa from this this king Attalus who gave it as a gift for a time he spent like a semester abroad in athens or whatever um totally destroyed in the 200s ad and it was actually like reconstructed they built a new one um in its place because the original one was just like completely gone in like the 50s the the greek um American School of Athens or, or something, uh, Center for like Classical Studies, or whatever. Uh, they just financed a complete like one-to-one restoration. So there are some places where that makes sense, but in some places like you can't because that was where there was nothing left. But with right. the Parthenon, it's like it looks really nice. They gave it a new light system, so it looks a lot more pretty at night. Um, but yeah, no, it's a uh, it's it's a good building. It's a fun one. It was a very it's a very special video for me to be able to to take that look and kind of show everybody a little bit of like where I'm coming from in all this. But yeah. on the other side of our, our content these last two weeks, Red, you had a, a fun video on a complicated trope. Not one that's like the kind of tropes where like if you're doing this trope already, then you've like if you are at the point of doing this trope, you failed. It's not one of those, but it's a trope that can often be its own undoing in terms of like story quality. How was how was yeah. Magical Other Worlds like to put together? It was interesting. Um, it, it was, it's such a staple, you know? Like, everyone knows at least one story with a Magical Other World in it. You know, you've, got, you've either got the Narnia kids or the Wizard of Oz kids, you know, like, or at least one of those things. They're just, they're so iconic. And they're such an interesting, like, subcategory of the fantasy genre. Because for a while, it feels like that was, like, the more acceptable version of fantasy. Like, before Tolkien kind of reminded everyone like hey you know fairy tales and magic and fantasy can be fun if you're over the age of six too guys we can do interesting stuff with it what do you think mythology is but um before that there was this feeling that like fantasy is fine as long as you compartmentalize it and you separate it from reality and you know it's interesting considering that one of my biggest complaints with parts of the genre is how it's used for unhealthy escapism it almost feels like to a certain extent the original point was to you know, kind of undercut the escapism. It's like, yeah, here's reality. You have to live here. But all that magical wonder and stuff, it's over here. It's safely contained in this other world. And, and you know, I could see that kind of being a way to be like, oh, yeah, you know, Wizard of Oz is a silly, childish romp, but also the Dust Bowl is happening back home. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> great, thanks. Um, yeah. But, no, it's an interesting genre. It's, you know, there's a lot of ground to cover in it. Uh, and uh, I, I feel like... I could have gone more in depth for a lot of it. You know, there, there's parts of that trope that you could just dig into and just keep going. Um, and the part that I was maybe shakiest on was, you know, the last bit where I was talking about the aforementioned kind of escapist side of it, because I know that my attitude towards it is nowhere near universal. You know, I, I tried to make it clear. You know, when I have these trope talks and I'm like, this is my opinion, I usually try and make it pretty clear. It's like, this is just me. This is why this doesn't work for me. But the specific kinds of stories where it's like, and then I never had to engage with reality again. I'm like, mm, this makes me feel bad inside. Uh, yeah. And I saw, you know, there were a few people in the comments who were like, I don't know, I got a lot of comfort from those stories when I was stuck in a bad situation. And I'm like, that makes sense because you were stuck in the bad situation. But the ideal situation would have been to not be in that situation anymore. Yeah. And that is, in my mind, more worth. I mean, the thing is. You know, there's two sides to this. I think actually Tolkien had some thoughts on this. It's like it's it's the duty of a prisoner of war to attempt escape and it's the duty of someone imprisoned in a bad situation to, if not able to physically escape, to dream of escape and to still hope of escape. So I understand, you know, the point of escapist stories and the appeal of them. It's just I always feel like it is the second best way to deal with it. And the best way to deal with it is to, 
get out or wait it out. And if if someone is clinging to escapism, it usually means that there's something that they need to escape from. And, you know, a story that is very fun and very escapist is not a solution. It's it's a it's a band-aid. And that was what I was trying to get across, but I, I don't know if I did, because... Uh, I think one of, one of the, the parts of the discussion that uh, I caught on to was the idea that some stories that have the regular world be about, you know, five minutes of screen time, and then the entire rest of the story is in somewhere else. It's like, you know, just set it somewhere else. And some mm. some stories make use of that where it's like, you know, Yu Yu Hakusho... He fucking dies in, like, minute two where he yeah. gets hit by that car trying to push that kid out of the way for kicking the soccer ball. Um, so there, it's a question of what can you use from the real world and, yeah. you know, what what benefit to the characters or to the story is it like is it a video game where there are rules like um in jumanji they they come back but yep. um it's it's fascinating because the way that you know a a world with more rules is made more interesting because the characters know that they are players yeah. so those kinds of things can be really useful so i i agree that it seems like not necessarily a fault of writing but at least a, a wasted opportunity to have a magical other world story where the other world is not in or the other world is not the characters in the other world there we go <laughs> yeah. are not informed by what they're bringing yeah so uh the one yeah. thing is that to be fair in Yu Yu Hakusho he does come back to life after like six episodes and then the rest of it is kind of like fairly standard urban fantasy like there's the real world and the secret world and the demon realm and stuff it right? has been about 17 years since i last watched you <laughs> show that's i remember fair. the part where like they're bound in those things and like the more they struggle the more it like keeps them in so they just like stand there awkwardly while other people fight that that's most of what i remember from that show <laughs> that's fair yeah no it's fun but, but uh it, it, it's got a magical other world but it's it's one of them there oh there's the demon realm and there's the spirit realm and stuff but like there's also the real world but um yeah, no, there's a lot of interesting magical other world stories where the fact that they're from the other world or from the real world and going to the other world has a serious impact on the plot. Most commonly, I want to get back to my regular world. That's a fairly standard heroic motivation. But you also get stories where that doesn't seem to factor into it. And a lot of times I don't understand the point of those stories. And that's yeah. fully me. I know that there's a lot of appeal for those stories, but uh, there were a couple examples I got for this video by Googling uh, <clears throat> worst isekai Reddit 2021 <laughs> and looking through the thread for oh what was God. the most heinous example. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think thanks, it's, Reddit. It's the, it's the kind of trope where you need to, to balance the layers of disbelief you're asking your audience to suspend with what each layer provides for the story. Mm. It's like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Inception makes sense because it's layers of other worlds as you get in, you know, deeper rules. And the fact that there are so many abstractions between what the hell is going on in the real world and the, like, 90% of the runtime that's people being asleep, like, <laughs> that informs the story. But if you just go off somewhere random and there's no point, then what was the point? It's a trope that I think re requires a little bit of justification. Yeah. You can do it. And it's a fun trope. I feel like you need to put in the legwork to make it make sense. Otherwise, yeah. it just seems floaty, and I feel like I'm missing something with these stories. It's like, why? What am I not getting about the way this story works that I feel like this is incomplete and kind of weightless? It is a little odd, yeah, especially considering how it, it is technically more grounded than your standard fantasy story because it is explicitly tethered to an approximation of reality. You'd think that would make it easier, but I almost feel like that that forces you to remind yourself that it's fiction because otherwise, you know, if, if you uncritically absorb the contents of a story that tells you like mirrors are doorways and, and there's another realm just beyond it. And you're like, for example, a, like an, a closeted queer kid in an unhappy home life. And you have to remind yourself like, no, that would be really nice. But unfortunately I still have to live here. Like this is why, you know, to me, that kind of escapism is a double-edged sword. It can make you feel better. It can also make you feel a whole lot worse and it's just, it's it's tough for me, you know? It depends on the person. It, it definitely really depends on the person. Yeah. Whether, you know, like whether listening to sad songs when you're sad makes you feel better or makes you feel way the hell worse. Mm -hmm. It 
very much depends on the uh, the audience in question. But yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. It, it works for some people. It doesn't work for me. And that's yeah. the, you know that's what I tried to get across. It's like I know there's appeal here. I just don't understand it, and I worry it might not be super good yeah. for you. But you know whatever. It's it, I think it, you were being fair to the trope. But, I hope um, so. I, yeah. It was very fun to talk about, and I did end up watching more of Isekai anime than I've ever seen before, and I. <laughs> I'm good, I think. I'm good. I don't think I need <laughs> to watch more of Saga of Tanya the Evil. Don't need to watch any more cheat magician than the two minutes of that clip with the... How many of these friggin' isekai... Sorry, quick side note. How many of these isekai have a bit in the first episode where the male protagonist is like, Oh, what? I could put my face in these boobs with no consequence? Is like the first thing he thinks about in this... Ma- it's like three for three of the ones I checked out. It's ridiculous. What... I mean, like, there has to be something more there, right? It can't just be, like, incredibly basic wish fulfillment, right? Indigo, you're shaking your head. <laughs> I get the feeling this... It's a <clears throat> common trope of the genre, so to speak. <laughs> I miss when it was all shoujo isekai, you know? I miss Vision of Escaflow yes. and Inuyasha. Those were all, like, they had something to them beyond, like, <laughs> finally, a world I can do my power fantasies and kiss all the hot ladies with. It's just, nah, whatever. I, a tangent we absolutely do not have the time to get into, <laughs> but I'm 100% there with you, Red. Yeah, baby, Bring it back. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tune in for the Girls' Night episode where we talk about why Vision of Escaflow was the peak of media. I mean, I can leave. <laughs> I, I can head out and just, like, we can we can cannibalize the Q&A section of the podcast. Podcast. Nah, we're but, uh, good. Escaflow is hilarious because it has the worst dub I've ever seen. <laughs> no offense well, to it. Before it we early. get before we get into that, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, a couple quick announcements. Uh, hmm. One is next week we will be joined by a uh, friend of the channel, Emperor Tiger Star. Who, yeah. if you joined us for our pathless New Year's Eve stream, you would have seen him on there for a good chunk of the mm-hmm. uh, of the stream. Uh, he is a great friend, and we're very excited for that episode. And uh, also, uh, Indigo, you've got uh, something fun and exciting to announce, do you not? Yeah, uh, I do. So if anyone here listens to Movie Struck, one of the other podcasts I produce, uh, we just launched a Patreon for Woo! it, uh, as well as a associated Discord server. So if you are a fan of the podcast and you want to help support it or just go pop into the uh, available to all members of the public chats, so it's going to be the new episode discussion and announcements and things like that. Uh, check out links to those in the bo- in the notes below. Uh, both of those are basically just Patreon slash Moviestruck or Discord. Just search Moviestruck. Yeah. It should be the only one that pops up. Yeah. But uh, it's a it's a good time. I'm excited. What they would... literally are launching the day we're recording this. Yeah. So. Uh, what what might someone find if they were to go onto your Patreon uh, page? Yes. 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 Uh, well, currently there is a written out film review for The Batman, as requested by <laughs> two folks who helped me set up the Patreon, <laughs> Red and Blue. Who could they be? Uh, they sound really as handsome. Well as you'll, you'll also get um, promos for upcoming episodes early uh, and just like easier access to the creator. So if you are interested in hearing more thoughts about film and TV and joining a really cool community, check out the links in the uh, show notes below. Yeah. Awesome. Um, it's not quite on the same level, uh, but if anyone's been following my webcomic, Aurora, uh, I just launched a merch store for it. So it's got uh, <laughs> blue stop mugging for the camera. Uh, nobody can see. Uh, it's I'm giving got... thumbs up and winking really overdramatically. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the psychic emanations will get to the audience. Um, it's currently got high-res prints, uh, text lists of all the chapter titles I've done couple rune designs, a couple other things. I'm kind of, kind of still brainstorming what to put in there. But it does exist, so if you want to check it out, if you really want to get the little Void Dragon logo on a mug, management is not responsible for what might happen if you drink out of it. But, yeah, so that exists. Um, I've, I've tweeted a couple links to it from the Twitter, so if you want to find that, go to the Aurora webcomic Twitter and follow that link. So, yeah. Yeah, the, the chapter covers are real pretty. If Aww. if I had, like, a spare wall, I would fill it up with, with chapter cover prints. <laughs> Thank you. They're they're fun. You know, just a couple hours, just like, let's just, let's just go really wild with the symbolism on this one. <laughs> all the particle effects. Anyway, yeah, yeah. so that's, I think that's all our awesome. bases covered. Yeah. yeah, so let's uh, shuffle on over to the uh, extended isekai discussion portion of the podcast. No, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Q&A portion. About oh. the... Q&A, Q&A. How no. important it is that there be a grumpy but hunky anime boy on the other side waiting every time. My favorite <laughs> isekai is Tenmaro My Noite, which is actually an isekai about a Roman who falls through a bath and wakes up uh, in a Japanese <laughs> bath in the modern day and has to, like, figure out what the hell is going on. It oh, features no. spoken Latin. <laughs> Wow. Okay. (laughs) Maybe next time. (laughs) Hello and welcome to the Q&A portion of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast, where we answer your questions from Ask OS Pod on Discord. 
This first question comes from one of our lovely patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, support the channel, consider becoming a patron for a chance to have your question read first on a future episode. This question comes from Maltese Geek. To all, what's your comfort piece of media? As in, what piece of media can you rewatch multiple times and not get tired of? Oh, no. I have too many answers. <laughs> um, I guess maybe like to clarify, like to slim it down a bit, like what's a show that you rewatch when you're like, I need something like comforting? Um, or you just want to like chill out a bit? It's it's not like a, this is like a perfected piece of craft and therefore I will rewatch it for art, but like this is something I rewatch because I personally am very like comforted well, that's, by it. It's, it's almost the inverse of that for me. There are there are a lot of mm. things I just rewatch because I think they're fun, but those are usually shows that mm-hmm. like I'm not super 100% like 100% invested in because that way it's not a problem if I have in the background to kind of zone out. Uh, the media that I keep revisiting because it never gets old is uh, it's, it's some of the Ghibli movies. You know, it's it's Nausicaa, yeah. but it's mostly for me it's Castle in the Sky. I could watch that movie <laughs> nonstop and never have any problems with it. It's just so delightful and wholesome. And uh, well, I really like the themes of the ancient super weapon and the dead <laughs> kingdom and the how bad it is to sever your connections yeah. to the earth and the robots and the the sad robot. I love the sad robot. It's a fun movie. That one I can like anytime someone's like if we do a movie night and they're like hey let's put on Castle in the Sky I'm like fuck yeah I'm super ready to cry so but like you I know feel like Ghibli is a good answer for just like comfort yeah. movies yeah. in general like they're they're always old all of them are solid there's no going wrong but they also get the me same sad. vibe every time you know they're they're very they do for me I watched them when I was very young so I have a lot of extremely deep seated emotional connections to like all of them uh, just the soundtrack <laughs> to Castle in the Sky can sometimes get me so it's like. On the one hand, it's very comforting, but on the other, it's like, it's really intense. So I don't revisit it as often as I could because it's almost Mm -hmm. like full catharsis. Uh, So, you know, when I just need background noise, the stuff I could just keep rewatching is basically the DC animated universe, as I'm currently doing. Um, You you start with Batman, you maybe watch Superman if you're feeling like some bad stuff for a while, (laughs) except for the crossovers with Batman. You watch Justice League and then you watch Batman Beyond. And that's like, like two whole months of your life and you're fine. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, that's good. That's good. Mm. I have limited experience with Ghibli movies because the first one that I saw when I was young was Spirited Away, which freaked me out. Mm, and I yeah. didn't watch any of the rest of them for several years. It's spooky. Uh, like it, it's it's spooky. It was like, I don't, I don't like what's happening here. That but. was what um, I was in uh, art classes in high school and we always took one yearly field trip. Every single kid in the art department would all get on one bus and we'd go to New York to go to the Met. And every single year on the way up to the Met, we'd watch the first, like, two-thirds of Spirited Away. Mm. And then we would forget to put the DVD back in on the way home. And so I had only seen two-thirds of Spirited Away for most of my life. Yeah. <laughs> I recently watched it all the way through. It's, it's really But I really like Kiki's Delivery shocker. Service. That one Aww. that one was very yeah, sweet. I, I like that one a lot. I wish um, as far as, like, comfort for Halloween media shows, I... I can always chill out to like an episode of Rick Steves Europe because it's just it's so relaxing. Mm. It's like a little mini vacation in a television show. Cleo, I need you to not step on like control Q for me. Uh, (laughs) But I I can always feel comfy just like like watching like Rick's like, you know, walking around someplace cool, getting a nice meal, drinking some, you know, like ouzo on a Greek island or some nonsense. Uh, And it's like that that great intersection of like close enough to the stuff that I do professionally that I find it very interesting, but also so laid back that it's just extremely chill. Um, but as far as if, if we can open up the, the, the category to include games, sure. uh, I could probably play journey like every day for the rest of my life yeah. and not get sick of it. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's just, it's always so, so calming, mm-hmm. so centering. It's so nice. It's so pleasant. It's just an, yeah. such a cathartic, like, like an hour and 15 minutes, and then I just feel like a new person for a while. It's it's really great. Yeah, I feel like I, I watch a lot of movies because I like movies and like professionally. So when I want something comforting, I tend to veer into TV more so. Um, for me, it's probably Star Trek, specifically TNG. Mm. I grew up watching the original series in TNG, and now I think I've watched The Next Generation all the way through maybe like 15 times. Um, because I'll just put it on both in the background or just because like I want to turn my brain off and experience something that I like I know exactly what I'm getting with a lot of the times uh I've expanded it's somewhat expansion to include like Voyager and Deep Space Nine but 
if I'm like in a, having a really bad week and I just want to watch something and just be for a bit, I put on an episode of TNG. TNG is fun because <laughs> I, I totally get that on a rewatch, you know exactly what you're going to get. But for me, it's fun because watching it the first time, you have no fucking clue what you're going to get. Oh, yeah. You start an episode <laughs> and you're like, is this going to be serious? And then someone makes a comment about anything in a sexual context and you're like, oh, no, this is a horny one. No. <laughs> I know. So you mean uh, episode two of season one yeah. of every Star yeah. Trek ever made? The Naked Now <laughs> slash The Naked Time if you're watching the original. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like clearly, you know, they're <laughs> probably writing out a whole bunch of these in the writer's room at a time. Like, we're going to do one mm-hmm. where, like, we're going to throw in some, like, weird Klingon shit. So we get a Worf episode and we're going to do one where Data questions yep. his existence and we we're going to, yeah, okay, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to, you know what? You know what? It's been too long. We're going to do some weird horny shit. <laughs> it's like, great. <laughs> bring back, bring back Mrs. Troy. Let's yeah, bring Diana's bring mom up Deanna. in here again. <laughs> bring in Deanna and your mom. <laughs> let's, 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 let's yeah. title it Menage a Troy. That's super clever. <laughs> It's fucking hate so that episode. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I hate it because that episode has a really good performance from uh, from Patrick Stewart yeah. doing like a full-on Shakespearean monologue in the worst possible context. Well, as soon as I saw the title, I was like, this is going to suck. <laughs> that's why, That's I think that's why that's my comfort show, though, because like, it's a little bit ridiculous. So like, bit. you don't really need to take Star Trek that seriously. And you can kind of just go along for the fun of it and the ride. And at the end of the day, like the stakes are more or less going to, with the, with the few like season finale related or particularly emotional hitting exceptions at the end of every episode, like the status quo returns and you can just kind of chill. It's a lot of the reason I think I like procedural so much mm-hmm. is that like it's a very self-contained story over 20 to 40 minutes. Although I was watching Law and Order SVU for a while in the background and I had to stop because it just like every episode is so miserable. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like nothing ever ends well at the end. So Star Trek is kind of like the format of that, but with much better vibes if you're feeling down. The weird thing about TNG, though, is that sometimes also it like it's good. And you're not expecting that. I think season four is when I started yeah. being genuinely like, wait yeah. a minute, that was good. Like, they hit me with it yesterday's Enterprise. They on. hit me with the episode where Data mm-hmm. builds his daughter and she dies mm-hmm. and her last word is human. And they hit me with those back to back and then it didn't stop. <laughs> and I was like, I had this on in the background because it was dumb. What's happening? So, it's, yeah, you gotta, you gotta watch. You're spinning the wheel we'll, with we'll every get episode. You on, um, on- do Space Nine and Voyager next and see how that fails. But uh, we've got more questions to get to before we talk about Star Trek <laughs> yeah. for 30 minutes. So this question comes from Minuteman Chad. To Blue, what map are you most proud of making? Ooh, that's a good um, one. I do have an answer for this. Um, <laughs> he does have an answer for Because I... Trying to figure out how to structure the, my answer to this question. Um, I'll, I'll say it's a, it's the one I, I call it in my files the big map. Um, it's the one that if you've ever seen me use like all of Europe and all of the Mediterranean at once, and like reaching from like west mm. of Portugal to like over into like Mesopotamia, that's the map that I love the most because I get the most use out of it because I made it wide enough that it is suitable for almost any need that I might have. Um, because at first it was like my the, the first map I made was like a really way too zoomed in um, Mediterranean uh, with with the the marble and the mountains after I started doing them in in Wonder Draft, which is like from the Scotland video onward, and then I had like Mexico and French Empire and a few others. But um, like the ones that I think are, are the best ones are like the Greece one I really really like because that was one of the earliest ones I made, and I was really happy with how it turned out. But the big map that's like all of Europe. All of the Mediterranean, North Africa, and the Near East is so useful because it's just, like, I, I almost get to use it in every video, I feel like, because it's just, it's everything at once, and it's at enough of a level of detail, and I was prescient enough to actually put in the work to, to put a lot of, like, low-level detail and just blow out the resolution of it. I mean, it's a pain in the ass on my files, but mm. I if I need a wide shot, I've got a wide <laughs> shot. If I need to zoom in, I can zoom in. It is like the single biggest workhorse of my entire like map fleet would probably be that one. Um, uh, workhorses in fleets now. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the horses yeah, yeah. famous for swimming. Yeah, the horse uh, fleet. <laughs> the reason why Athens oh, yeah. was the terror of the sea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I so. saw it in uh, 302 uh, Rise yeah, of an Empire Rise when they had Empire, the horses have, on the boat. Yeah, They tried to up the Sparta <laughs> oh, kick so they had a horse running on boats and the horse kicks the guy off. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. was yeah, yeah, peak yeah, so. cinema. <laughs> yeah, I um, I like those ones a lot. Uh, the 
the the big map. Yeah. Uh, and then once I figured out the right color scheme for it, that like nice kind of like almost teal uh, background watercolor is like, okay, we're set. Everything works on on this template now. Yes. So that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, nice. Uh, well, this next question to change focus to the other member of the dynamic duo uh, comes from Maltese Geek to Red. How do you go about choosing the closing credit song to cover uh, in your video? Oh. Two for one, Maltese Geek. Yeah. Good, yeah, good I luck. just realized that as a reader. <laughs> Feeling um, like royalty. Going to give him a flare in the Discord. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's fun. Uh, normally I go with puns uh, or references. The thing is, the way my brain works is that I will regularly get songs stuck in my head and I won't understand why until I hit the part of the lyrics that directly reference what's happening in my life at the time. It's stupid and very annoying for the people around me because I also sing when I'm not paying attention. But... Uh, it does mean that a lot of times I'll be working on a on a video and I'll be like, God, this myth is weird. And then like two days later, I'm like, oh, I know what I got to use for this one. Um, it It's funny. It originally started out as a joke I was doing because it was a thing that a lot of other YouTubers I was watching at the time just did. And what I mean by that is people who made abridged series, uh, specifically Little Karibo when he did Yu-Gi-Oh! abridged, he'd sometimes end videos with just a little snippet of a copyright claimed song. Uh, only the, the, the least of his copyright problems, let's be real. Uh, and I just I just loved that bit, and I just kind of absorbed it. So when I started making videos, I, I liked the idea of doing a little ending song, and I would occasionally use, you know, actual songs. But one of them got copyright claimed to the point where it actually muted that chunk of the video, and I had to, like, change it. And I was like, well, that's stupid. And I think around the same time I've been working on, this was years and years ago at this point, I've been working on recording myself singing because as it turns out, you can get used to your voice on recording and then be fine. And then you'll hear yourself singing on recording and want to die. <laughs> it's a yeah, different Yeah, that's where I'm at. Set. I'm like, a my voice other... on recording sounds exactly the same as it does in my head. Yeah. Singing is a different matter. <laughs> it's, it's wild. I don't understand why it's such a difference, but it really is. And there's like a huge, yeah. just like psychological roadblock to getting there. And I was trying to sort of work myself through it because I do want to do more more like voiceover stuff and being able to sing on recording would be very helpful uh so i'd been sort of just noodling around on my guitar like singing along with um just like you know karaoke tracks and stuff like that and none of it was fit to see the light of day but i had been futzing around and i just had like a cover of like i think the first one must have been like go the distance from the fucking disney hercules movie or something like that and i was just like i can swap this in i already have it recorded and then next time i'll figure out what to do and that's kind of how that whole thing started but the whole, you know, the, the whole conceit of it is like it's a fun little 20-second snippet of a song that has some kind of thematic relation to the tone of the video. And I sometimes, like, spend days brainstorming. I'll be yeah, like, I it, need It's something. a real process sometimes. I'm like, yeah. I'm, like, going through the archives trying to find something. It's like, no, no, not good. We need something. We need to get to, like, the, the perfect one. Yeah. It'll, it'll yeah. click. and it'll, it'll you yeah. outsourced to uh, some of our extended green group chats because I think once, I think it was a Robin Hood video. You're like, what do we end this with? And I was like, oh, yeah. Oodalele, yeah. you got it. Yeah, Oodalele. It's right there. And I had but a funny it's, one. It's always fun to be like, ooh, I wonder what Red's working on. Oh, I know. It's because we just got the... I, I was yeah, complaining to a, a, a not at all channel related friend of mine who's like busy at law school. And I was like, I need a song for this video, but all the ones I'm finding are weird and bondagey. And he's like, you should use Chains by the Beatles. And I was like, fuck, yes, I should. So uh, sneak preview for an upcoming video on that one. Um, but yeah, so sometimes my brain's like, oh, absolutely. And sometimes I will even be like, note to self, find a myth that gives me an excuse to do this song I really like. Uh, but a lot of times it's a very organic process of, you know, the full conspiracy mm -hmm. board, the damn, what am I supposed to do now <laughs> kind of situation. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's by far the most uh, slapdash part of my uh, my side of the process. And sometimes I won't even know until I start recording. I'll, I'll have like four or five different ideas and I'll pull it up and I'll be like, oh, those are some complicated chords and I'll just go to the next one. <laughs> and um, and sometimes it won't hit me until I'm actually recording. I think that happened for a, for an upcoming one. I just can't remember the specific details. But mm. anyway, yeah, it's <laughs> the process by which I do it is a generous way to describe <laughs> that hot mess. But it is very fun. Yeah. Meanwhile, I circumvented entirely by just being like, thanks so much for watching. I enjoyed this video because list reason, <laughs> thank patrons. 
Cool, close it. The OS crew has various approaches to what we'll call outros. Yeah. I'll yeah. be three hours deep, like, oh, my fingers, the pain I feel. And you're like, thanks so much for watching. If you had fun, check out our Patreon. Yeah. There was one time I did a poetry reading, and I'm like, nah, this is, I'm going to get sick of this real fast. And I just never did it again. Yeah. The trick is, for me, this is also when I practice guitar. So, like, it's it's a little double nice. whammy. My, my old music yeah. teacher is probably questionably proud of me so <laughs> it's more practice than i'd be getting otherwise mr b <laughs> oh mr oh Fantastic. my god yeah yeah, yeah we, we all have a mr b but my mr b is probably the best uh so this next question comes from organic grass to all as someone who just snapped their femur like a kit kat bar yes. i've been wondering oh. has the os pod crew ever broken any bones what first of all my condolences how does ah. that happen <laughs> femurs are pretty tough Yes, I. We wish you a speedy recovery. Um, but has anyone on the podcast? I've never broken any bones. Have any of you guys ever broken any bones? I have. I, um, Red, you go first. <laughs> Red, <laughs> I snapped my clavicle on a skiing trip. It was the first time I'd ever skied, Ooh. and to date the last. But uh, it was very fun. I, I liked it right up until the part where I snapped my clavicle. Um, it was uh, it was interesting. I apparently, as I learned in the ER that night, uh, I was not the only injury off a ski slope that day. It was like something about the local weather conditions had created like a little crust of just a little bit of ice on top. So a lot of people were going a lot faster than they were maybe used to. And I think what happened is one of my skis like caught and I catapulted because I do remember the catapult part. And by the time I sort of like. Mm figured out that I was no longer moving. I was like, hmm, that wasn't pleasant. And uh, I was actually in a first aid class at the time, and we just briefed a lot of symptoms of a lot of common injuries. And I was like, uh-oh, I feel kind of nauseous and lightheaded. I really hope I don't have a concussion. And then I was like, oh, no, it probably has more to do with the fact that I can't move the right side of my torso. <laughs> so, uh, yep. yeah, I got to ride a snowmobile, and uh, I got to get a nice little tour of the uh, <laughs> the local ER, and then they were like, all right, it's broken, but it's not super bad, so we're not going to do any surgery on it. Just wear this cast that sort of binds it to the side of your body, and you'll be fine. And I was like, okay, cool. So, And then I came yeah. back from nice. winter break, and I was like, hey, guys, guess what I did? So, What the hell? <laughs> yeah, good stuff. I had very similar uh, – I had also had terrible luck my first time skiing. I didn't break any bones, mm. but uh, I did break a metal pole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I went as a part of like a, our high school, my senior year, had like a big class field trip. Everyone went up to the Poconos and went skiing one day. And a friend of mine goes skiing all the time. It's like, you don't have to pay for lessons. I'll teach you. You'll be fine. Mm. And I'm very cheap. So I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Um, just take the lessons. Don't trust your <laughs> friends to teach you. Yeah. She's like, here's what you do. You pizza and french fries. I'm like, okay, I think I I've got this. And she's like, great. We'll go to a really easy hill to start, which I assumed meant the bunny hill right. yeah. where you're supposed to start. Uh, yeah. No, 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 uh -huh. no, no. Throw you right in <laughs> on blue. We went to like, <laughs> yeah, 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 right onto a blue. Um, I very slowly and very cautiously tried to progress my way down the mountain. I made about five feet of progress in like three hours. The guy who was patrolling passed by me so many times, <laughs> making so little progress. By like the 10th time he went by, he's like, hey, do you want me to just toboggan you down the mountain? <laughs> Because you're too far to turn back, but you can't. You obviously can't keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so I got tobogganing down the mountain and finally made it over to the bunny hill. And my first run down the bunny hill, I realized that what my friend had not taught me was how to stop, mm. which was where a lot of my problems were coming in from. So I just went full speed into like the little rope divider they had to like herd people onto the yeah. lift up Ooh. to the top. And just <laughs> hit my stomach, hit the middle of the rope. It's just like fully cart Bugs oh, Bunny no. cartoon <laughs> V-shaped. And the metal poles that were supporting the rope bent with me. <laughs> I was fine. Everyone around me was fine, but that pole did not survive. Yeah. And uh, I have not been skiing since then. But <laughs> I'm glad to know that that's a, something of a running theme in this organization. We all need yeah, a ski you know, trip redemption we... arc. Uh, yeah. Us and some of the Greens went on a uh, one of the years in college a spring break trip to a yeah. to a local ski place. And Indigo, you did not ski that I didn't trip. Ski. <laughs> I sat in the hot tub for a week straight, and frankly, I think I had the right idea. On you, that one. <laughs> one of the days we went out, it was a blizzard, so you did have the right idea. I also yeah. had a second opportunity to ski on a high school trip that we all took, uh, but this was close <laughs> enough after I broke my clavicle that it yeah. was like. There's a period of time when the bone is healing that it's it's together, 
but it's more fragile than it was before. And it, after a while, the bone kind of solidifies all the way in, and then it's actually sturdier than it was before. But for a while, mm-hmm. shearing force can re-break it just as bad. So yeah. basically, I was like, it hasn't been more than like a month. It still kind of hurts when I move my arm. I don't think I should try skiing again. <laughs> so I sled it instead. Because yeah. I'm not good at listening to doctor's instructions. Because <laughs> you're not. Bless you. Uh, Blue, have you ever broken any bones? Yeah, yeah I have. Kind of... Oh, good. Uh, Indigo, you were there for oh, one boy. of them. Uh, so, I was? Oh, yeah. I was. Uh-huh. You were, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> our, our fencing team had uh, an alumni tournament uh, that we did um, every year. Uh, and mm-hmm. the year that it was my senior year, I was not yet an alumni. Um, I Or no, wasn't this my first year as an alumni? It was my first year as an alumni. We usually we yeah. let seniors, uh, so for context, we let the seniors fence in the tournament, but under, other underclassmen don't, so it's yeah. alumni and seniors who yeah. compete, and everyone else just runs no, the tournament. This was my first year um, being uh, being an alumni, I, as I recall. and uh, Or no, 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 because I ended up fucking me over on a test. This is my last year ah. in, in, in college, sorry. I, back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> uh, and I was fencing against um, uh, a good friend at the time, uh, who will call uh, his name start with an M, so we'll call him M. Uh, and he was studying for his PhD, so he was Doctor M, uh, as he was known by everyone oh. on the team. And Doctor yes. M, his favorite move in fencing, we fenced saber, was the flunge, which is a jumping lunge. He was notorious for this. He was immaculately mm-hmm. skilled at this technique. He flunged He's on everybody. He's flunged on me dozens of times in the course of my life. Take this clip out we of context fencing. for people who don't know what flunged means. I'm begging you. <laughs> <laughs> clip this is the cold open immaculate like, oh, I've gotta technique. listen to this it's <laughs> a plot of some isekais anyway ah, uh, and, no. <laughs> and wow all so, these girls just love it when I flunge in this dimension <laughs> no <laughs> do not make me put a content warning on this episode so so Dr. M uh, and, and I were fencing and he was a year out of uh, out of the team so he was a little out of practice still incredibly skilled though uh, I was never a great fencer, but I I, I was in my prime uh, of, like, fencing uh, physique at that point. Uh, all my technique was still, like, present for me. And I was fencing him, and I was actually doing pretty well. I got it to, in a 15-point bout, we were at um, mm-hmm. 14-13. It was 13-13, and then I, I got a point. Um, it was 14-13, and I was like, you know what? I've, I've got to try it. Because, you know, you, yeah. you do a couple techniques, and they work, and then your opponent, like, gets wise to what you're doing and then blocks it. So I was yep. I was up, like, like 13-10, and then Dr. M, like, came back because he saw that I was doing it. And I was like, if I if I try this, this, this what I was doing again, it's 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 not going to work. I'm, I'm going to lose. I really wanted to win. So what I did was oh, no. one of the points, I, I went for a flunge. Dangerous I forbidden jumped, technique. lunged, and got the point. But broke my thumb in the bell guard <laughs> on the uh, like on landing the touch because our, our bell guards kind of clashed because as I was getting mm-hmm. around him, so, so I got the winning point on Doctor M with a flunge, and it took me about a day to realize that my thumb was broken. Or actually, um, it took me a day to realize it was broken. It really hurt right after. So the next bout, I got demolished right. like fifteen to three. Just like, why can't yeah. I put pressure on the blade? It's like, oh, because yeah. yeah. Uh, and then uh, as I was taking some of my finals. I had to work around the fact that one of my thumbs was completely busted. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only one I've I ever do. Broken. This is all filling in back into like sharp focus. This like memory I had purged my mind yeah. of like, oh, I've talked to Blue about yeah. his yeah. thumb struggles during. Finals. I don't know if yeah. it counts if I don't um, know if I broke it but I might have broken my ankle while I was still recovering from my clavicle because I had gotten healthy enough that I was like, I can do my gymnastics class. But I overcompensated on the left side because I was favoring it because, yeah, so I landed a jump really badly and just like snapped my left ankle right to the side. And then I had a nice three-day weekend, so I bound it up and I elevated it. And it still isn't quite the same as it was. So odds are good that I probably did something worse to it than was treatable by a, you know, a Walgreens bandage and, and three days off it. But... It's a dream. It's fine. fine. (laughs) Yeah, I never actually like isolated or bound my thumb after that. I was just like just using it. Just like I need to take this test. Like if if my hands in a cast, I won't be able to write my final. So I just had to kind of like freewheel it. Yeah. Oh, good (laughs) stuff. That's the magic of college. Uh, But yeah, Yeah. lots of fun injuries. This question not as injury required. Um, This comes from the Yaki to all. You are conquering the world, possibly under a flag of a porcupine <laughs> rampart holding a rocket launcher. Yes. Uh, what is your villainous super weapon? Ooh. Ooh. 
It's a porcupine with a rocket launcher. Next question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the no. ultimate life form, born yeah. to rule all. <laughs> <laughs> we just have to splice some frog DNA in there and they'll be invincible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Porcupines jump. <laughs> I'm always a fan of a nice, big orbital death ray, you know? I just, I love yeah. those because they never yeah. make sense. We never see them in, under construction. We never hear about them getting launched into position. They just are already up there. And it's like, ah, I bet you won't be laughing when my portable doom cannon fires upon your hometown. <laughs> you know, it's it's like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's fun. Very critical. I feel like the one downside, though, is you as the villain cannot be like, Ah, oh, guards, keep them away, and then you can't go run to it and like prepare it. Yeah. So when they bust in your throne room, you're like sitting it's on top big, of the cannon. It's a big, heavy hitter, but it is also a big target. There's a lot of a lot of pros, a lot of cons. Yeah. Let me l- let me counter offer you with a helicarrier mm. because it's a lot of the same vibe, and you can still do like like, like high altitude ordinance, <laughs> but you can like go to it if you need you're to. You're right. You're right. The helicopter, the herald carrier is definitely the way to go because not only is it your super weapon, it's also your throne room. And that means yeah. when the heroes get on the helicarrier, you still have like a place to go to be the final boss arena and you can have all kinds of fun weaponry mounted in there. Okay. Yes, definitely helicarrier. And you can also, like, depending on, like, how, like, Star Wars-y our tech is here, you can basically just have the helicarrier be able to airdrop full-ass Jaegers from Pacific Mm. Rim. (laughs) It's just paratroopers, but it's giant robots instead. (laughs) So it sounds like you're a fan of the the Army of Robots style of super weapon. Well, I mean, they're piloted by a team of highly skilled Ah. (laughs) drift compatible. Of course, of course, yeah. Yeah. So I think what we really need is our secret weapon is a team of highly skilled drift compatible. Oh, well, obviously the real super weapon is going to be the friends I made along the way. Yeah. That's Obviously true. my quirky mini-boss squad. Uh, that's how we actually succeed at conquering the world is unlike many villains, we understand the value of the power of friendship yeah. and yeah. we're going to use yeah. that to our advantage. The heroes can't possibly hope to triumph to alone. Thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because no, exactly. the thing is, in exactly. Blade's Republic, he makes a big point about how evil always undoes itself because thieves will always double-cross each other. Villains can never cooperate. So if yep. our villainy is founded on the power of friendship, we're unsinkable. This is why the also, always two there are thing is the dumbest possible <laughs> part of the Sith Code. It's like, hey, you know what we should make sure we never, ever have? Strength in numbers. No, they're just fucking stupid. <laughs> Institutionalized betrayal. <laughs> Too stupid to rule the world. Ugh. All right, yeah. So the real the real super weapon are indeed the friends that we made along the way. We get our own little quirky miniboss squad that we actually like. We're not gonna be like Mm -hmm. the heroes aren't gonna trick us into like, ah, those fools, I was only using them. We're not really friends and I never liked their spinach buffs. We're not gonna do any of that. No, we're we're gonna actually cultivate healthy employer employee relationships with our evil minions. Yeah, we'll do some team bonding, go like axe throwing or something on the weekend. Just like get the whole squad together. Like obviously paid over time for it, but like make sure the team is actually spending some time together, getting to know them. Good coffee in the break. uh, Maybe we'll do like guys, snacks. I yeah, cater lunch once in a while. Yeah, guys, <laughs> we reverse engineered the pilot of Shira. Shoot, but the horde's not actually good with its minions, so so that's yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's bad. The horde's bad at are we, loyalty. Are we secretly the good guys? In this camp? <laughs> I think that we just reverse engineered Escape from the Bloodkeep, which is you know fine. <laughs> yeah, right. Worst things yeah, to come did. back. We did just reverse engineer Dimension Twenty's Escape from the Bloodkeep. Yeah, it's like well, evil works My a lot better. My favorite of the Dimension show. Twenty shows, I will say. That's another uh, yeah, comfort show. That's one. one I can rewatch whenever I yeah, want. Dimension Twenty so is great. Escape Fantasy from Bloodkeep and like season oh one God. of Unsleeping City also up there and like could just rewatch Infinite. Bloodkeep is also nice and concise. It's only like six episodes, and they are. That's what I like about Bloodkeep. Yeah, yeah. So. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Very so, good. Yes. All right. Well, our villainy knows no bounds and neither does our friendship. We've got time for about one more question before we jump into uh, the outro red. This is your heads mm-hmm. up as per mm-hmm. usual. Uh, this question comes from Game Boy parentheses or girl 150 <laughs> to all. Who out of you would be a pirate and who would be the naval officer trying to catch said pirate? I think this is obvious. I also think this is I obvious. I think so too, but I feel like <laughs> yeah. someone else needs to well, say I it. Well, I think yeah. I have to be the pirate, right? Are yeah. we, we're all on the same yeah. page? Okay, good. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm the disgruntled <laughs> officer of the Royal Navy who's like, she can't keep getting away with this. Well, nice to know. I that threw 20 frigates and then they all come back half sunk. <laughs> uh, it's nice it to be known, sense. really. <laughs> to really be truly seen. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, who? I guess if we're going to use the extended OSP universe to kind of fill out the question in the runtime, uh, like 
cyan indigo yellow cleo where are we all falling on the pirate oh, are we yeah. pirate crew members or are we on the, in the navy question, you know what's yeah. the scheme so if there's here? like if there's like a pirate stronghold island like in the caribbean there was um the pirate colony on on nassau like cyan would be the governor of like this like fantasy pirate nassau oh absolutely like, yeah she would be in charge <laughs> <laughs> but you're still married which makes it awkward <laughs> Like, Enemies to lovers, red. It's the best trope in fiction. I'm, I'm kind of loving no, what, what happens here. is like I'm I'm like pursuing red with yeah. like my frigates, and right. then I get to the lighthouse, and I just see Cyan like wagging her finger at me. I'm like, okay, dear, I know the rules. Yeah, Fine. but then you come and by when for... you leave. <laughs> when you sail out of here, I'm gonna start chasing again. But you come by on Thursdays for tea anyway, and I'm just hanging out in the background, unconvincingly hiding behind a curtain. I mean, really, who among us? I think didn't, Cyan like... living in a lighthouse is really like the prim, primo bit from all of yeah. this because that just screams yeah but like yeah. t cleo cleo could be a lighthouse keeper's cat oh, yeah, yeah cleo's a lighthouse keeper's cat but like who among us didn't you know learn about pirates in first grade and be like oh i would totally cut off all my hair and run away to join pirates <laughs> like really i mean like <laughs> it's a very quintessential experience as far as i'm concerned um i found that it was yeah. uh my friends were, were cordoned off into either ninjas or, or pirates, and I was I was more of a ninjas kid oh, growing yeah. up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I can it's understand. Kind of it. like, were you? It's like <laughs> I can I can like learn kung fu and, and go to Japan and do whatever ninjas would be asked to do in the 21st century. <laughs> Corporate espionage, if TMNT very, is to be believed. Like <laughs> that gets to a question of like, were you a paleontology or marine biology kid? Everyone mm. was one of the two. It's just like I was a paleontology kid. Were you? Which one were you? Very similar, like pirates yep. or ninjas. Is like, dinosaurs not an answer on that? Paleontology, I, or, dinosaurs, sorry, uh, is dragons, the dragons, on that. dragons. Yeah. I meant dragons. Sorry, uh, dragons. Yeah, because I was, I was dragons. Yeah. Yeah. You've, you've also yeah, got yeah. the the ancient Egypt kid. The space kid. Yeah, Dragon's versus kid. like the ancient Greek kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, yeah. But yes, pirate. Which flavor of childhood? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, pirate versus Navy. I actually, I, uh, I did watch uh, since the last lightning round. I have watched some of our flag means death and it is very fun. I like how oh, it's it only 1717 nice. when it's funny. Uh, yeah. I've been meaning to start it. I like how 1717 <laughs> was not a leap year, but it's a plot point in an episode that it was a leap year. That's just really indicative Great. of what kind of tone the show is setting. But yes, That's pirates all the yes. way. Um, yeah. And I well, like the idea that Cyan runs like a like a secret pirate outpost that's not at all secret and is like a thriving just like yes. trading hub where pirates and non pirates just hang out. And of course, the uh, the extremely <laughs> hard ass military like naval officer is just like it's. You know what it is? Yeah. It's like the hotel from John Wick. You can't do business in in the Continental. Yeah. Mm. So the, this pirate colony mm. that that Cyan would run, you can't do any business. So I can come over right. for like tea and we'll play cards. <laughs> or like whatever, yeah. and like we'll gamble, and one of us will cheat. <laughs> yeah, of course. But like, I can't, I cannot pursue right. into the harbor. It's neutral ground. <laughs> yeah. You're not allowed yeah, to fuck yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. it might even have the backing exactly. of like a different um, sovereign nation. So like, you really can't <laughs> fuck with it, or it's like war. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh man. Um, I'm a freelancer in real life, which makes me think that I probably would end up working for the navy and just end up being one of those people who got like kidnapped and like now you're a pirate like it has to be like yeah, privateer. Yeah, privateer so you're, you're still working for the crown <laughs> against a different crown so you're still doing piracy but you're on our payroll but i also yeah, feel like what happened is like you're still contracted for the navy because they haven't noticed that you got left behind on the pirate ship at some point but nobody on the pirate ship noticed you weren't supposed to be there for like two weeks and then you got your first paycheck and you're like uh-huh. all right i guess this is happening now and nobody on the pirate ship even yeah. realizes that you're like because you're still so doing the navy so you fully work. work as a pirate but you have like a slush fund of like royal navy <laughs> money that we've been giving you like yeah. assuming that you've been doing piracy and some are privateering well, and like yeah, you have been like messing up the other crown ships so like we kind of look the other way and somewhere but... along the way it's like wait did i hire you and you're like yes and i'm like all right sounds legit <laughs> <laughs> I'm just mad men my way into up a job. in the crow's nest yeah. please uh, <laughs> yeah yes. yeah no this is good this, <laughs> this is good is and of course funny. all this the greens are like, like the jolly crew on on red ship oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 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 They got the ones that play D and D on the weekends. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, oh, exactly. No. I feel like Yellow um, would would do very well as as like you know my my either captain or quartermaster, whatever yeah, the terminology absolutely. is. Like we'd yeah. be a Yellow team. Yellow was on your this. ship, yeah, hundred percent, yeah, yeah. Wow, this really Amazing. turned into a whole AU, didn't it? 
this, a rich this works every like, qu- time we get a question like this this is what happens like of course on paper i said like you know the answer is obvious but like when you flesh it out like it's really obvious. there's a lot here <laughs> I, there's a lot of i mean i've said on multiple occasions that like i'm bummed that it's hard to explore the world now because we have it all mapped and it's like if i was in the golden age of piracy i'd be dead by 30 but i'd be set all right i'd be having a fucking blast <laughs> okay osp patreon stretch goal when we have so we have two million subscribers on youtube when we have two million patrons we don't on have patreon two million yet. we're getting there we're, we're getting there you're right we're, we're, we're yeah. one, one point nine three. when we get two Not million patrons we'll buy a pirate ship and go do crime <laughs> oh god <laughs> can that raises an interesting question can you use crowdfunding to fund crime Probably. We're doing crime. Of course we can. <laughs> Who's going to stop us? This was us? step one of crime. <laughs> I suppose. I mean, we'll oh, list it as a stretch goal so people will, like, know. I guess yeah, we can yeah. kickstart it if we want to just, like, speed up the process. I think the I'm related a to a man who knows how to sail replica 18th century vessels, so this is not outside of the room. I think we actually all know somebody who knows how to sail. Like, different people yeah. who know how to sail. All right, Zion we, can sail. She's great at it. Yeah, my, my college roommate can sail, so. Yeah. Mm. My younger brother is a uh, merchant marine. Oh. And uh, most of us, uh, by volume at OSP, know sword fighting. This is true. Yeah. yeah. yeah all of all the set. greens can fight with swords. If, That's how I met them. If nothing else, <laughs> we should just take, uh, we should just get a boat and like set sail off the coast of Jersey and just see how far we get. <laughs> I did just do on brawl some survivability. fencing. Swords were never fully my thing, but I... I do also have the sword. We'll give you the crash course. I I know how it works. I I I got in trouble because I kept showing up in jeans. And they were like, that's not appropriate fencing Ah, attire. And I was like, but they're so stretchy on account of how they're from Lucky Brand. Infused with spandex. No, no, this is an acronym. You didn't know about Lucky Brand until I told you about them. Oh, yeah. You know what? You're so right. It was a different brand of very stretchy jeans. Again, we're not sponsored by Lucky Brand, but if you'd like, if you are Lucky Brand and you'd like to sponsor us, please feel free to reach out to the podcast. If you are uh, James well, Lucky Brand yourself, I would like to. Uh, please, Mr. Lucky Brand was my father. <laughs> um, we are actually coming up on time, though, the podcast. Uh, so, Red, if you're ready to do the outro and take us out before we set sail into the great beyond. Yar. <laughs> all right. Thank you all so much for uh, listening. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks with our special guest episode with Emperor Tiger Star. Check out his channel for cool map stuff. Um, uh, as mentioned in the uh, mid-roll, uh, check out Indigo's brand new Patreon for her various personal Woo-woo. projects, which will be extremely cool. Um, and uh, I think stay tuned for an upcoming movie struck because we're going to be doing some cool stuff there. Is that is that a secret? Am I not allowed to mention this? I mean, it's not necessarily a secret, but I don't think it's the next episode going up. Uh, so we'll get there eventually. Long term, stay, <laughs> stay tuned. Stay tuned eventually. <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned for a few extra weeks. Yeah, yeah. It's fun stuff coming uh, up. And I think that's basically all our bases covered. As always, we'll be back on Friday with more fun videos. So until next time, I have been Red. I have been Blue. And this has been an Overly Sarcastic Podcast. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast. We'll be back on May 18th with special guest Emperor Tigerstar, but if you miss us before then, be sure to check out Overly Sarcastic Productions on YouTube. Got a question for the pod? Head over to Ask OS Pod on Discord for a chance to be featured in an upcoming episode. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. And if you really enjoyed the show, consider becoming a patron. Links to all that and more can be found in the show notes below.